and welcome to Diary of an Overcomer, the podcast that takes a look at the issues of addiction, domestic violence, and homelessness through the stories of women who have overcome them. Each episode, we highlight one issue and share a story of an overcomer, discussing the common questions people have and the possible solutions that are out there. I'm your host, Jen Harp, along with my co-host, Carol Patterson, the CEO of Shepherd's Gate, a nonprofit that helps women and children escape the cycles of addiction, homelessness, and abuse. Between the two of us, we have over 45 years' experience working with people who have struggled in these areas, and we both share a deep desire to help people overcome. So thank you for listening, and let's get started. Welcome, everyone. This is the second of a three-part series on homelessness. Today's episode, we're discussing a topic that it just doesn't seem like very many people are talking about, and that is elderly people who are experiencing homelessness. And just to remind us the basic definition, homelessness is a condition driven at its core by a person's inability to make enough money to keep their home. So we're going to open this episode with Beth's story. Beth was born and raised in the Midwest, and she had always dreamed about moving to California. So when she was in her 20s with her sister, they moved out here and worked as secretaries for many years. Beth met her husband later in life, and they got married. They did not have any children, and in fact, did not have much family around them to speak of. Beth had been married over 28 years when her husband passed away, and shortly after that, she had lost her sister, basically leaving her with a nephew on the East Coast whom she barely knew. Beth was in her mid-60s at this point. She had the home her and her husband had purchased and a vehicle. He left her with some savings, which she lived on for a few years, then sold her home and was able to live on that for a few more years. But by the time she was around 72, she was out of money and scared. Carol, something that surprised me in looking into this issue of the elderly experiencing homelessness is this, that there are very few resources out there to help this demographic. And it seems like they can often get lost in the process, especially those without family or friends. The resources we do have here in the U.S. often have long waiting lists, and pretty complicated application processes. I think I saw one dot where it was about three to five years that they would be on a waiting list to receive low-income housing. Means seniors often do not know who to contact to find help, and many can easily be taken advantage of if they reach out to the wrong people. I hope that anyone listening to this podcast has the opportunity to pass this information along. Obviously, the more people who know this information, the better. We will have some resources in the show notes, and the more we can help these seniors who may be struggling on the verge of homelessness or who are on the streets currently, the better. This is why here at Shepherd's Gate, we have modified our program. And we actually have a senior program for 55 plus women because we're seeing so much of this in our community and in California. And the statistic is that nine elderly are waiting in line for one unit. That's the ratio, nine to one. In our program, we focus more on case management and focused on signing up for all of the housing options for the elderly. And also what comes with this is also all the medical issues. We find that these women are depressed, 
They're hopeless. They have been surviving on so little. They haven't been eating right. They haven't been going to the doctor. And so it actually comes out that our seniors group does have several medical issues that our staff attend with them and hold their hand, pray and navigate through the medical system plus the housing system. The facts and statistics are surprising that people 50 years and older make up more than 30% of the nation's homeless population. The average age for someone who is chronically homeless is 65 years old, which is far younger than someone who has not been homeless. I think it was you that had told me before the homeless population ages faster than the general population in the United States due to all of the stress factors that they're having to go through, some of what you just mentioned. So Carol, our questions today are pretty basic for such a big issue. We're basically just asking who are the elderly experiencing homelessness? Why are we seeing more of this age demographic homeless? And what can we do to help? Beginning with the first question, Carol, are you in fact seeing elderly people come through your program and who are they? Yes, Jen, we are seeing several women that have fallen into the elderly, unhoused, homeless category. And what happens here is that they have lost their apartment or can't pay the mortgage without, and then they start putting their things in storage and they live in their cars and some live on the streets. And when they get to that stage of living on the streets, what I find is that the appearance of a woman changes for survival because she is going to cut her hair. She's going to look like a man in order for her to be able to survive on the streets. And I met many elderly women that look like a man. I've seen women living in their cars where they're trying not to look like a homeless person. And they will share with you how they go from parking lot to parking lot every night to uh, sleep. But we see them in our parking lot in tears because they can't do it anymore and they feel so alone. We've met many a women in their cars right here on the Shepherd's Gate parking lot and come in, take a shower, let's get a meal, and then let's talk about your homeless issues one-on-one. These are women that are so alone. They don't have family to turn to. They're ashamed that they're in this situation. When they realize that we are a loving community that cares about them, then they are willing to take that chance and trust us to come into our program and help us navigate with them to get the proper medical, proper housing, and also a loving community of a church. That is so important because they haven't had that. And many Americans do not save for their retirement and hope that Social Security will carry them through. In the United States, Social Security is not going up with the cost of living. And so it's not an equal amount. And many are lobbying in Congress to increase Social Security to meet the high cost of living. Even today, with the increase in food prices, that affects those that are living on Social Security. What happens is that they will 
purchase cheaper and cheaper meals that are not nutritious. And that will then continue to lead to their different diagnosis, whether it be diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol. The cheaper food is not the best food for them, but it's a survival mechanism to be able to live on on the social security. And I've met a couple of women that will tell me that they are, they usually drink a glass of water before a meal in order to fill their stomachs. It is so real and so hidden. And, and we can choose to close our eyes to this in America, or we can open our eyes and see the necessity of helping the elderly before it's too late. Right, before they get on the streets. So this, the second question that we come to is, why are we seeing more of this age demographic homeless? One article I found in researching talks about for several years now, we've been in the midst of what they're calling a silver tsunami in which 10,000 baby boomers turn 65 each day. And that's just this overwhelming amount of people. So, and these are the the second half of the baby boom generation, which is between 1955 and 64. And they're saying that this generation has faced economic disadvantage throughout their adult lives, having entered the labor force and housing market in challenging times in the late 70s, early 1980s, and that they've remained vulnerable to housing instability and health conditions also associated with poverty as they enter this, you know, what should be their golden years. So, between one-third and one-half of shelter residents in one study published in Health Affairs are entering homelessness for the first time. I mean, these are staggering numbers to me. I, I just don't understand. Some have spent their whole lives working a low-wage, often manual labor job, and they can't afford these ever-increasing rents. I mean, we we experienced that, you know, in our communities, especially living in the Bay Area of California. And as their bodies age and they can no longer sustain the lifting and bending required by the low wage job market because poverty begets poor health, a shift out of this workforce may ironically occur even e- earlier for people who most need the continued income. So some may become homeless after disruptive life events if their spouse dies, um, as in Beth's case, if they get an injury, a severe injury, and they don't have like robust family ties that may even prevent them from becoming homeless. So according to an article in the New York Times recently over the next decade, the number of elderly homeless Americans is projected to triple. And that was before COVID-19 hit. Boiled down, this generation was very large and had some difficulties initially coming into adulthood. Like any generation, you know, we can't broad brush it just to give one reason for the increase in this population becoming homeless later in life. It's staggering when you're looking at the numbers and then you're looking at the resources available to them. Our, our cities are not building enough affordable housing for specifically for seniors. And if a woman has been married and has been living with her spouse and have two social security checks, you know, that's a little bit easier. But when this, when the husband passes away, then this woman, it becomes so unmanageable. And that's when they start closing up and 
living in their cars. Um, we just came across a woman nearby and she was, and she had filled out the application for our program and she wasn't answering the phone. So our staff went out to where she parks her car to check on her one night. She was, her husband had passed away and he was the one who drove the car and really navigated for their survival. And here she was now without him, she was living in the car and it's like, We've got to rescue these women because it's so unsafe for them to live on the streets. And then you'll see some elderly that work at McDonald's. Here you'll see a young 18-year-old and a woman who looks like she's 70 years old working alongside a 18-year-old. That is so real in America. Then you see... Um, older women that are carrying all their belongings in a shopping cart. I stopped a woman and I said, why do you carry everything in your shopping cart? I know that you have an affordable housing unit. And she goes, well, we don't have a, a proper lock on the door. And also our um, mailboxes uh, are not locked. So we tend to get our mail stolen quite often. And so I just keep everything in my little shopping cart to keep my, my safe things with me, my valuable things with me. I said, hmm, that makes sense that some of these affordable housing units are not safe and there is no protection from them. And I think that it's all of our duty to understand what neglect and abuse is for the elderly. And there is... Across America, there is adult protective services, just like child protective services, there's adult protective services to be able to call on those resources when there is a situation that can help a woman to overcome uh, an abusive, neglective situation. There are so many real examples that I could tell you about, Jen. I've got right now, we have five cases on our campus of senior women, whether they don't have a GED, they're sick, they're alone, but you know what? They need someone to care about them and love them. God sent us to care for those, for everyone. I think they're so surprised that people really care about them. The last question being, how do we help? In researching, these are just a few ways to help that I found. And all of them are going to take a little bit of effort on our part, right? It's not easy. Mm -hmm. So one of the obvious ways to help increase affordable housing for seniors in your area is by voting for these programs when they come on the ballot and being aware of them, like you were saying. Another way is if your neighbors with someone older, check on them, ask how they're doing, befriend them. And if they need you, help them. <laughs> Living out those words of Jesus, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. I did find some really cool nonprofits who exist to help the elderly stay in their homes and stay independent. One of them helps with handyman volunteers who come to change simple things like light bulbs, clean out gutters, etc. Another one provides a volunteer advocate 
who can help seniors with getting the resources they need, answering technology questions, those type of things. I just, I'm right now as we're recording this podcast, I'm visiting my aunt. She's 86 years old and she needed my dad, who's a good more than 10 years younger than she is. She needed the bulbs changed in her ceiling fans. She can't get up there on a ladder to do that. She needed, you know, simple things like her TV. She has a smart TV and sometimes the technology is a little bit much far. So, you know, she needed somebody to just write out the steps. There's these groups out there and these nonprofits that are providing different kind of services that they can actually stay in their homes looking for opportunities to volunteer or volunteer at Shepherd's Gate, who, like you said, has a 55 and older uh, track now to care for this population that you're seeing, helping seniors to stay independent, helping them to stay active. Meals on Wheels is a well-known one. So we're going to list these in our show notes, some of the ones that I found. So if they're in your area, you know, helping with those. Also, if you gather this information that we've provided in this podcast and then do some simple research on your own specific to your area, you can be prepared when you see someone who is older, maybe living on the streets already, um, to be able to pass on this information. You, you know, you just never know if you could help them get off the streets. Is there anything else that I forgot or you would like to add to this? Some of these um, senior uh, affordable living uh, units will have volunteer opportunities as well. You know, just sitting down and having a cup of tea and listening to who they are and 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 caring about them. And I do agree with check out your neighbors. My I have several senior women that live on their own in my neighborhood. And just dropping by and seeing if they're okay, and if you can change a light bulb or purchase groceries for them, mow the lawn, rake the leaves, simple things like that, they are, aren't able to do. Reach out to somebody and show that you care because yeah. they really need hope because they're so isolated and alone, and especially during any pandemic as well. To finish up the story of Beth, Beth had lived a really solitary life. She basically had no one. And as her money ran out, her fear rose up and she ended up, you know, like we had talked about others, she ended up with her car and her clothing. And that was it. Someone told her at her doctor's office about Shepherd's Gate. She never, I never did find out if it was her doctor or the woman at the front desk or somebody just waiting to be seen. But somebody told her about Shepherd's Gate. And so when she came by, literally with her car and her clothes, she was embarrassed. She said she was so ashamed that here she had worked her whole life and been, you know, this productive member of society. And she thought, you know, that shelters, quote unquote, shelters would be for people who were at the end of their rope or maybe had um, a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or something like that. She felt like she should have more to show for it. So it took so much bravery for her to even come to Shepherd's Gate. And then um, one of the very amazing, cool things that happened was the staff, the women and children just fell in love with her. They embraced her 
and they made her feel loved. When I had talked to her shortly after she'd been there at Shepherd's Gate about a month, she said that she finally felt like she had a big family, which, you know, she was one of two children growing up. So she never did have really a big family. And one of the, her special skills was she would spend most of the day in the kitchen cooking, baking for the women and children, for the staff, for volunteers that came through. She just loved feeding people. And quite frankly, we all loved it when she fed us. So within about six months, Beth was helping at the shelter. She was a surrogate mother to the women, uh, grandma to the children. She was such a blessing to be around and everyone loved her. And quite frankly, we're, we were all a little disappointed when um, with her case manager, she found some housing that she could afford. And we were grateful, though, that it was nearby because, you know, there were many tears when she moved to her new place. She continued to volunteer at the shelter. She visited Shepherd's Gate during the holidays and stuff. So Shepherd's Gate really became her extended family, as it does with many women right. who come through there. Right. So our success stories, and we can help these women um, to overcome their homelessness and find to build a home and to be financially okay on their stipend, uh, social security, and have the medical resources they need. Um, right now, we have a 57-year-old woman, and she wanted to opt to still work, but she didn't know what she would be good at. In our Learning and Career Center, she took some aptitude tests and some personality um, tests to say, what career would be good for you? And what came up was a funeral planning coordinator. And so she called up the local funeral um, home and she had a series of questions for them of what does a planner do? And they answered her questions and she said, you know what? I think I could be really good at helping people with their grievance, because I've had so much in my life and I've overcome and God took me through it. I want to help other people, but yeah. on a stipend, social security, she can't afford to go to school for this, but we stepped in and paid for that. And so she's just starting this week and she is, there's a glow about her that she is excited to advance her education and to be useful and help other people. So I'm really excited to see what God does with her life there. So, and there's been so many success stories that we have had found housing and physical healing there are a lot of tears when we have to say goodbye, but we're always here. We're their alumni program extension, and we send cards to them so they have happy mail. Um, so it's a good solution, and God's at work here. And I'm so glad that we started our 55 plus senior program because it's so badly needed in our community. And I hope that others are encouraged to think that way. Doing some research online, you know, you would type in women or older women experiencing homelessness and you would come up, a lot of them came up with family shelters 
So, you know, you would see a lot of shelters either for men and women or women and children, but not necessarily um, specific programs to help elderly um, women who are experiencing homelessness at the time. So yes, it's innovative what you guys are doing. I just love that because in researching this, I couldn't help but think of my own grandparents or my own parents who are in their 70s now and having them go through something like Beth went through or these women at Shepherd's Gate are going through is just heart-wrenching, you know, not having the ability to get the medical care to just go to bed in their own home. Yeah, this one, this topic was kind of heart-wrenching. It could happen to any of us. I mean, think about the mortgage or the rent that you pay today. Will you be able to pay that when you are 70 years old and on social security? You know, one of the things I think I passed over um, in Beth's story was she became overwhelmed with the process of getting social security. And so she kept trying to, she was getting passed from person to person and she was receiving stuff in the mail. She had gotten so overwhelmed that she gave up. So for many years, she was not collecting the social security that she had worked so hard for and that her husband had worked for. Which same way um, to register for and to qualify for all of your benefits. So it does take someone else, a case manager or a neighbor to help navigate mm-hmm. that with you um, because it's all online and that's all a new, yes. new environment for them. Yes. And so, yeah, so it's just these little things that maybe we take for granted that we could do easily when we're seeing this population grow older and with this new technology and stuff, it just can be overwhelming for them. So I think that we can really do a lot of good just even by getting this information out there and do the research in their own communities to find out how they can help. Yeah, I, I'm sure they will. They'll be inspired to do that. It's a good topic All right. needs to be talked about. Yeah, it does. It needs more more conversations. And so we have come to the end of the second the second part series. The third part of this series is the hidden homeless. And that was equally as fascinating to find out. So often we hear about these numbers and, you know, so many are homeless in America, but the homeless is, is a very hard number to get a, an accurate count on because we have so many people that are couch surfing, staying with friends, living in their cars. And we'll talk yeah. about the counting system. So people understand how is that number actually developed and who develops that. So we'll talk about that. Thank you, Carol. It's been a pleasure here with you. And thank you guys for uh, tuning in today. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast and we hope you join us again for the next one. God bless you guys. If you found this podcast helpful, please do us a favor and hit subscribe. And then in the comment section, please feel free to share your own story of overcoming. Thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to next time.